from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. setting performance for the Phillies tonight. Setting a franchise record for home runs in a postseason game with six. Braves will be in survival mode. Trying to get this series back to Atlanta. Broken bat. Baum gloves it. Across the diamond. Right there. Nice play. The Phillies win game three. Take a 2-1 series advantage in this best of five. Can't be much more of a feel-good Thursday than that. Brian Anderson with the call on TBS last night as the Phillies completed their 10-2 drubbing of the Atlanta Braves to move within 27 outs of returning to the <laughs> National League Championship Series next week against the surprising Arizona Diamondbacks. Welcome to the Sports Huddle here in Richmond, Virginia. Full disclosure, it will, at least for segments of this show today, sound like WIP in Philadelphia. I feel like we just had an hour of you this. You did, but you're about, and he kept saying, I'm not going to make this sound like WIP in Philadelphia. But and it then did. it sounded like WIP in Philadelphia. So I'm just going to come right in and say it. For parts of this show today, it's going to sound like WIP in Philadelphia. Sean is going to balance it out. Sean Robertson from CBS 6 <laughs> will balance it out. And I know you'll do your best to balance it out, AJ, as well. And I think I'm up for the challenge oh, look to at keep that. it sounding. Let's get into some Dylan Brooks, guys. Like WIP <laughs> in Philadelphia. Because I'm excited, I'm happy with what I've seen. I loved what happened last night. And I will tell you, Sean, if you want to turn this away from WIP in Philadelphia and make it more about the Braves, I will be happy to do that because I am really disappointed in everything that I have seen and heard from the Braves players, from the Braves fans, from the Braves media in the past 48 hours. And look... I worked in the Braves organization for 11 years. I got nothing against them. Both of my kids, well-documented, are huge Braves fans. I have never had a vitriolic rivalry for the Braves. I've always liked and respected what they've done. Um, Now, I would want them to lose. I always want the Phillies to beat them. Mm -hmm. But I never had the feeling that I'm starting to have now. They have not handled any of this the way they they should. Winners, the way they've won over the last six years, it's inexcusable the way they have handled this situation. Wow, look at that. Bob is on his his perch about that. The one thing that I actually, the only one thing I actually agree with in regards to the issues that the Braves have had, especially with the Arcia Harper thing. Here, let me put it back up no, as, no, my, we, uh, as my background uh, here to, to give you motivation on my laptop that I just switched to the Harper stare of RC. fans are so egotistical right now. It's they good. are, and that worries me, AJ. I, AJ, I said, I you're told, 100% I told, I told correct. Sean, he said they. I know, I heard you they. You are 100% correct. But I did mention him. Let's see if that picture is up there by Monday. Because I agree. if the Braves come back Agreed. down 2-1 and win this series, that's going to be a different picture. I said this after the <laughs> Phillies won game one, that the Philadelphia sports talk media and the callers and the fans were way too positive. This should have been a sweep. If yeah, you really it should have. This should've thing been, should be over right should've now. Should have been over. And don't you think I'm not worried about that, <laughs> that there shouldn't even be a game 
It should be like the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. And that would have been game one Monday. Or the or Rangers and the Orioles. Yeah, this should yes. be a sweep. So Anyway, what's the one thing about the Arcia event that you actually side with Atlanta? I, I'm not trying to put words in yeah. your mouth. I think that's what you said. I am. Right? I, I get uh, the fact that if a reporter leaked that this was said in the locker room and it was supposed to be amongst the team, that I have a problem with as a member of the media. If the if the reporter, because it you know if the reporter says hey you know you know supposedly it's you know certain things you can say amongst the guys that should or should not be on the record. Nobody I, said that was off the record. I'm just I'm just saying. But it, let let me go back a step here, Sean, because you've been in. I would say even though I'm exponentially older and been in this business <laughs> that much longer than you, I will bet you've been in more locker rooms. And clubhouses than I have. I, I just think by what we do, yeah. you have, and you know as well as anyone, there's a 15 to 20 minute cooling off period right. in which no media, no media is allowed. allowed in there. And then they warn the players, media coming in, the they don't do that just to hear themselves shout in the locker room. Right. They do it for a reason. Right. And I heard Travis Darno, who I really like and was in the Philly system years Said ago. Said it was a reason why that's the Called reason. it a sanctuary. That the lock, and it is until the doors, doors open. open. Yeah. And nobody knows it better than he does. He's been around for a million years. And I, and I, and I guess So whatever I, is said once the media comes in, to me, is fair game. Now, if that had gotten out while the doors were closed... Then the Braves have a sanctuary problem. They got a mole in their clubhouse right. somewhere. But those doors were open. The media was in there. He was still goofing off about Harper yeah. for anyone to see and hear. See, and one more thing: it was not a Philly writer or a Philly reporter no, I, I, who not, first not leaked it, who just first reported right. it. There was no leak here. I this was, was when the locker room was open. It was a Fox Sports reporter, reporter. totally neutral guy. Go ahead. Now I wasn't saying it was leaked. What I was saying was I think. Being with us being in locker rooms or clubhouses, you know, you might hear some things and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, or oh, yeah, he's really getting his team amped. I don't know. This is just me. I haven't gone to that point where I will say on Twitter or social media, hey, XYZ player said this in the locker room with his teammates about that particular play. That's just me. That's why I will say, mm. I don't know if I would have done that. I would have just said, oh, you know, keep it in the back of my head if something was to transpire after that. But if it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, Harper, you know, sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't know if I would say, oh, R.C. has said in locker room, this is about Harper on the base running gaff that cost the Phillies a game. I don't know if I would do that. Now, I'm not saying anybody else would. I'm just saying speaking from my experiences of being in clubhouses and in locker rooms, that's probably something I would not do in that instance. So we don't know exactly how it transpired, but the right. vision I'm getting of it is that Arcia was dancing around and yelling because they were excited and they'd right. won the game. Right. And he was basically shouting out, either in English or Spanish, mm -hmm. to no one in particular, mm -hmm. attaboy Harper, attaboy Harper. Right. So if you were interviewing Austin Riley mm -hmm. about his great play mm -hmm. or about his home run, and in the background, there was Arcia dancing around going, attaboy Harper, attaboy Harper. You tell me you wouldn't have run that? I wouldn't have run that. Oh, come on, Sean. Really? I wouldn't have. And you had gotten a great sound bite from Austin Riley while that was in the background. You would not have run that? What, the bite that included the attaboy? Yes. 
I mean, if it was a good bite, yes. But I would not tweet, hey, in locker room, Arcia said this. You're and better I, than most of us then because I, 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 I pride myself and I hear it all the time from the Matt Josephs of the world, you know, how, how Pollyannish I am with my takes <laughs> and respectful. If I had that on camera, I'm running it. I mean, now, that's, now, that's different. The, to me, that's different because it's me interviewing a player while that was in the background. I'm not specifically going into the locker room and I hear that. Okay, let me let me. I'll put myself in the reporter. Mm-hmm. I have no camera. I just have either my phone yep. or a tape recorder. Fair enough. And I go in the locker or in the clubhouse, and I hear that. I'm not going to specifically stop and then tweet that out to say this what took place in the locker room. If I am interviewing that player and it's a good bite and it happened to be in that bite, yes, because I'm specifically going after that bite. I don't think I'm saying. I'm going for that particular bite where it has maybe no reference or no, um, it's not an angle that I'm going towards in the story and putting it in there specifically because Arcia made that comment. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's just I, me. I think it was good enough locker room material that even an Atlanta writer might have used it, maybe unknowing of what could happen with it. And that's and I that's, don't know. Maybe not. I yeah. mean, it was pretty pointed. Yeah. And it's very rare that you will find an athlete like a Bryce Harper, who will flat out admit what he was doing. Yeah. And he started to dance around it at the beginning of his post-game owner mm-hmm. interviews. He did. And I'm like, on, at that point, why dance around it? On TBS, he kind of danced around it. By the time he and I, of course, was listening to Philly's radio mm-hmm. after the game, being the geeky Philly fan that I am, <laughs> proud of it. Uh, by the time Scott Fransky asked him about it, he was giving a fairly mm-hmm. straightforward, direct Answer, love competition. I love the banter back and forth, part of the game. He was getting close. Mm-hmm. And then when he got up on the podium, mm-hmm. see, if we really were WIP in Philadelphia, AJ, you would have the soundbite <laughs> of Bryce Harper just gushing over the city of Philadelphia and basically saying, yeah, I stared him down. Mm-hmm. That's great drama. That's great theater. That's entertainment. That's sports. That's everything that you and Matt Josephs and Al, everybody else – begs to have is not the soundbite that just says, oh, it's just part of the game. We played well. They're a good team over there. It wasn't. It was all the drama that you would want of a postseason game. That part I totally agree with because that was part of the game. It was the fact that he heard those comments. He used that as fuel. He hits the home run, and then he recognized who made the comment on the field and said, I paid attention. I got you. That's one. You know, I'm I'm totally with that. I'm just saying in that moment when Arcia made that comment after game two, I personally would not have like gone on my phone immediately and tweeted that out. Good for you. That's just me. You're better than the rest of us. You're better than me. Because I mean, I you're mean, better. Well, you already were better than me. <laughs> no, no, no. But you're better than the Fox Sports writer. Because those I mean, many. I mean, going to like Commanders games after. I mean, the win. I mean, I can remember the win against Dallas. When they wanted, uh, I think it was in overtime, when Dallas's kicker missed the field goal. I mean, they were talking stuff about the Dallas kicker, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, immediately like, oh, who was on that team? Uh, uh, Ricky John, Ricky Jean Francois, you know, other guys, uh, DJ Swearinger. They were making comments about it, but I didn't, you know. Did that, anybody? Uh, they made comments about the kicker. Missing. No, I mean, did any of the media use it? Uh, 
I don't recall. See, I really, I'm true believer. I am a believer in this sanctuary word. And when that locker room opens, that sanctuary is everybody's yeah, at that, that point. I, I don't remember them tweeting that out immediately. Like as soon as the locker room opened and then they heard the comments that they immediately put it out there. So I'm just, I'm I'm not doing it because, you know, maybe I like the team or I like how <laughs> Atlanta has playing. I'm just basing it on same situation, being a reporter slash anchor going into a particular clubhouse or or locker room and having that same situation. And for the reporter, like I said, he all he has is a phone. He has a phone and a pad. And he went ahead and did it. But if he did that around a player who I was interviewing and it was on camera and that soundbite was part of my story, yes. You know what else I think? It wouldn't have had quite the magnitude that it had. But even if that reporter had not reported it i don't know what he did first tweeted it put it in his story whatever yeah with all those people in that clubhouse it would have gotten out at least amongst the players it would have gotten back to harper now, if, yeah, if the players somehow yeah. it would have gotten back to harper and maybe none of us would have known why he was staring arcia right. down when he rounded second base not once but twice, twice. by the way um, so I still think it would have gotten out, but right. I am a firm believer when they open those locker room doors, you better be ready. Cause you said, I was, listening, like- I was, I was listening to Philly sports talk radio today and they've got a couple of former Eagles, that co-host yeah. shows Hugh Douglas and Ike Reese. Mm-hmm. And both of them said the same thing that when that guy yells media coming in, you got two things to do. One, put a towel around yourself. Mm-hmm. And number two, make sure you say things that you know are going on the record. Right. And for number one, most of those guys still don't put the towel around them. That's number one. So I digress with that. That's ridiculous. No, that's great. That's great. They still don't. But no, I'm with you. That They should already have it instilled that once the doors open, once the reporters come in, everything that's going to be said is on the record. But just some certain things should be right. Fair enough. Are unsaid and like, eh, no, I'm not going to say that. They know what they're doing. Agreed. I think the rep- I, I to me, the reporter probably has no dog in the fight, so he just probably thought, "Oh, this is right, kind of cool." But I mean, we've heard we've that's has that has been done for years and years. Guys will be saying stuff like that about a particular play or a person that has been mentioned within that area or sanctuary, as as Darno said, and probably ninety percent of the time, most of that hadn't been reported. It was kept in it was kept in there, and maybe a player then said it publicly for it to be out there. But I haven't, to my recollection, I haven't seen like a reporter just went instantly and posted that mm-hmm. on social media or put that in a report specifically to kind of create another hot take or create another, you know, more views and, and, and you know, retweets and clicks. It used to be you would, you'd be ostracized doing that. Not anymore. No. no. And what he said is what really stands. They know what's going on. They mm-hmm. know what's happening. When that guy says media coming in, they know. Yeah. And and you know this as well as anybody, to Travis Darno's point, if he wants it to be a sanctuary, he's getting it back because the media is only allowed in there for 30 minutes. 30 minutes right? most tops. So you get 15 or 20 when you first get in there. Mm-hmm. You deal with them for 15 or 20 tops, mm-hmm. and then it's back to being a sanctuary. And back to being a sanctuary. And especially when they come, I mean – you sometimes get more than uh, you get more time to yourselves because more times than not, the, the reporters are with the, the manager, with their presser, which goes, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So usually your cooling off period takes place in collaboration with the manager's or head coach's press conference. And then at that point, it's like you can either stay for that player, 
which will come out to the table, or you can go into the locker room. You have a choice at that point. More times than not, they go into the locker room. Other times they stay in there. But just in my in my instances and in my experiences, I have not. Not saying I'm right. Not saying I'm wrong. I just wouldn't have done what that Fox reporter did. Fair enough. I love you. Unless take. it was within the crux of the story that I am presenting after the game. That would All be right. my point. All but right. not just saying, oh, it's it's not part of the story. I'm just gonna put it out there anyway. That's just that's not me. Okay. Fair enough. I respect you for that. I really do. Don't I just, agree with it. But I don't. <laughs> I just think in this day and age, if that reporter hadn't done it, somebody else would have. That's why he's my favorite news person. An, uh, sports person. He's a sports, sports person. person. Yeah, we differentiate that, AJ, because there's only one station in yeah, town that has one. sports people. And, I, and yeah, Yes. I've been ostracized only to do sports. That's it. <laughs> don't know why, but I'm just doing sports. <laughs> uh, I got way more that I would love to pontificate regarding oh, the that. Braves handling of all this. Maybe we'll do that on the other side. And that side will sour grapes break. if we're going down the same road. I think how they have mentioned it on air. Sorry, AJ. How they kind of handled it on air. I think that's some sour grapes with the Braves radio people. I agree with that. And they got all bent out of shape over the Harper throat slash thing. And if they didn't do it during the regular season, he's if they, done it all the no, time. No, no. What I'm saying with the Braves when they played oh, the Phillies, yeah, if yeah. they never brought it up during the regular season, if Harper hit a home run against them, which he did, why bring it up? In the postseason, after that situation, it it the the optics look bad because everything is magnified. In no the postseason. question, that's no the question. Yep, that's the beauty of the postseason, including whining, including, including whining, whining. Which um, I do have a couple of takes on the other side of this that I think might surprise you a little bit as a Phillies fan, and one of them it's important to come from my Philly perspective now because if you're the Braves, Dodgers, or Orioles, it will sound like whining. But I actually agree with them to a certain extent. I'll explain that on the other side. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown is brought to you by the Richmond Chapter of the American Red Cross. Your help is needed for the Red Cross to continue to be on call for local or national emergencies. To learn how you can volunteer or donate blood, visit Red Cross. Dot org. We that was will... a great tease there with that. Thank you. That was great. I'm a rookie, but I'm learning. No, 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 no. AJ no. is teaching me, and <laughs> I am learning how to do that. And I've been listening to WIP a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless in, plug. In a top five, top five. 106.1 FM does not agree with the... <laughs> Now you got to run that disclaimer for Matt. Now you got to run that disclaimer for me, don't you? The views on ESPN 106.1 I do not reflect. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, I was going to say something about about that also about Philly Sports Talk Radio but I forget what it was um, other than we did learn that Matt doesn't listen to this show because he said on the air with AJ in the last hour that he does his hour and then he leaves and he listens to other wow. Sports Talk Radio mm. and he's not talking about the competition in Richmond he's talking about listening to WIP in Philadelphia mm. which I here's how much I did that today so they put together a great montage of all of the calls from last night right. because they carry the games so yeah. it montaged, you know, all the six home runs, RC is striking out, the end of the game. All they had of that, that on XM. They had the yeah. Phillies call on uh, XM. Here's how much I've been listening to WIP today. Uh-oh. As I was driving from, from home to the station today, <laughs> I was listening to it for the fourth time today. <laughs> Even I couldn't listen to it any longer, and I put Matt Josephs on. Oh. <laughs> 
Wow. And he was in his Kurt Signetti interview, which was refreshing to hear mm. because it was something other than baseball. Can you believe I'm saying that? Even I need a 15-minute break from baseball. I'm shot. And you picked that. You picked uh, Matt Joseph. Well, I respect Kurt Signetti. Okay. Oh, there you go. I was going to say. I, I get an opportunity every second time to talk with him as well. And they've got a big game with Georgia Southern they coming do. up this week. So On national TV. ESPN exactly. Their that. next two games are on national TV because yeah. then they play the Thursday night game on ESPN. Against... Uh, uh, it's a road game, right? Yeah. I can't remember who that is. It's Me not either. Troy. It's not South Alabama. Guess I wasn't listening that carefully. Marshall. That's Marshall. what it is. That's go. what it is. All right. We're going to talk one of your favorite subjects at the bottom of the hour. That's high school football. I happened to be in the parking lot when the Channel 6 chopper landed yes. today. It even blew my hair out of place a little bit <laughs> as it landed. And Sean's getting it gassed up while he's talking to us for the next couple hours. And you are headed where? To Monacan. Monacan. Right down the road. Against? The alma mater. That's uh, your alma mater? Monacan. Monacan Chiefs? Chiefs. Are they still the Chiefs? They are still the Chiefs. Okay. That's, that's going to lead into some of my yes. argument coming yes. up. They're still Chiefs, Chiefs, Braves, Seminoles, we're all Indians, still there. It, yes. Well, the Indians are gone. but We were oh, that's very true. diverse What's high Powhatan school, these so days? We, Indians. Indians. Powhat- Powhatan is still the Indians. They're still the Indians. Good for yeah. them. Yep. All right. Uh, Zach, Zach Joaquin from the Times Dispatch, Richmond.com, will join us at 4.30. If you're tired of all this baseball nonsense, <laughs> that will be a break from that. I'll pretty much let Matt and, and uh, Sean and Matt, Sean and Zach uh, run with the ball on that one. Um, and go through some of the top games this weekend. Other than that, we're wide open, which I purposely did (laughs) today, so that we could have more fun talk about all of this, which we'll do on the other side of the break. 804-327-0888 if you'd like to calm me down a little bit and settle us. Bob is getting happy, folks. I'm just, you know, it's a big one. The season's on the line tonight in Game 4. I Matt went a little overboard, and I think he admitted it by the end of, of his rant, if you will. You know, that uh, they could come back and lose the next two, and then it's going to haunt him, and he'll have to take all sorts of you-know-what from all the Braves fans. Mm -hmm. I am more than cautiously optimistic, but I'm not going to be screaming from the mountaintop until that 27th out is made tonight. It's a season for both, I think. If Atlanta wins, if Atlanta loses, I think we're going to see some changes. If the Mm -hmm. Philly lose... We're going back to Atlanta. We're going back to Atlanta regardless, and never know. The Zach chop Wheeler could, against Max Freed. Chop shop could be wide open Saturday night. <laughs> Let's get a break. Yes, AJ, yes. Okay. See, he's really got to harness me today. <laughs> yes. Really has to tighten that leash today. Uh, Sports Auto, 1061 ESPN. And spiders? Well, you've got them. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive radio home for all things spiders athletics in the River City all year long. Like I said, we'll take a break from the baseball here for a little bit. Zach coming up from the TD, Richmond.com, talk some high school football. There's games tonight, games tomorrow. I imagine there's some Saturday action as well this Just week. Maybe. one, right. and I guess, involving a team that we normally cover with six, and that's King and Queen. Yeah. Um, but no Richmond Metro. No Benedictine, no No, Benedictine. Trinity, uh, Benedictine no plays collegiate. Friday against Collegiate. Ah, good. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the only one. That'll save your Saturday to listen to the Spider Game here on 1061. I'll be listening to it back and forth on 95. Very nice. That's why we do it. Yes. Good public service. There you go. For people I'll be heading to Union and State. 
uh, for both of those games. 12.30, airtime, 1 o'clock, Richmond at Rhode Island. This is a ranked Rhode Island team. Mm. This is how bad the Spider schedule has been this year. This is week seven, <laughs> and this is the first ranked team that they've played. Most years, you go through a CAA schedule, oh, yeah. you will have played a couple at least yeah. of ranked teams yeah. by now. And the schedule has just fallen in such a way that they have not had any. So a real litmus test for the Spiders. They're at least feeling better about things after the win over Maine last week. They got a hot young quarterback going. We'll see if they can keep it up next week. Rhode Island's coming off an emotional win over their rival in Rhode Island, Brown, mm-hmm. last week. That's a big game. They give away a trophy for that game, so you know it's a big game. So Rhode Island got that, and it's their homecoming mm. this weekend in Kingston, Rhode Island. 12.30 airtime, 1 o'clock game time. We'll be on the air. We'll have the Spiders and Rhode Island Saturday afternoon. All right, we transition to high school football. And Lane, a uh, Lane. Lane will be out somewhere tonight, won't he? Or is it just you? Uh... No, he will, he won't be out oh. tonight. It will just be well, yeah, just you and the chopper. No, I take that back. He will be. He will be at Atley, I believe. That's I his am neck going, of the woods, right? That's his neck yeah. of the woods. I will be at Monacan, and I think somebody is going to Amelia because Cumberland plays Amelia. So we'll have the three games covered. You will have it covered. Yep. All Somebody's right. got to do it, right? That's you, Sean. <laughs> I That's with you. you, Sean. But I got to be supervised by an adult. Oh, <laughs> you're that young. <laughs> Okay. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm Sean, leave that alone. Sean and Zach in high school football talk next on the Sports Huddle. Now it's time for the race to the fall classic. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive home for the MLB postseason in Richmond. Wow, we are rolling here in this first hour of the feel good edition of the Sports Huddle. We got. As we say on radio, 35 after the hour. <laughs> that sounded smooth and you velvety. Like 35 you were such a run until 30, you went all uh, morning zoo on me. 35 after the hour. We're going to get a uh, traffic report in just a few minutes. I wish we could get a traffic report. We, we used to have traffic have reports. We don't have those anymore. But we'll get a traffic report. Maybe Zach can give us a traffic report depending on where he's going get to go. Get up in that six chopper and I'll let give you us know. a traffic don't report. Don't you worry. This almost like the skies are clear <laughs> from where I go. But we got Zach Joaquin. <laughs> Uh, high school reporter for the TD, also VCU beat reporter. He's gearing up for for basketball too this weekend. The VCU Rams have their black and gold scrimmage, but we'll we'll talk about that on another time. But we got him talking some high school football, and can we first start with your top ten poll there, Zach? What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I think it's a couple of people had Dale up at number one. Sean, were you were you one of those people? Right, it's tough not to be really high on the nights right now. I did vote for Dale one. Story of the area. Yeah, I did vote for um, Dale one. I've still got Highland Springs up there. Um, I think they're the class of the 804. But man, it's there's a lot of belief in what Dale is doing right now. And Ethan Medley, how about that kid stepping in for the injured Ethan Mincer? Yeah, um, he's been one of the best stories around the area this year. I've still got Manchester at number two though. They impressed me so much in that game at Highland Springs mm-hmm. early in the year, pushing the Springers to the brink on their field. Um, Landon Abernathy is a really polished passer for a sophomore man. Kyrie Richardson is University of Richmond recruit. Everyone knows what Makai Byerson, the defensive end who's committed to uh, to West Virginia, can do. Alaza Lewis, their linebacker, one of the top tacklers in the area. I think the Lancers belong up there at number two, but there's little separation in that top pack. And then, man, you got to put Benedictine in there, too. They've been so impressive. That was a good Georgetown prep team mm-hmm. that they beat on Saturday. I believe they're number 19 in the state of Maryland yeah. um, for Max Preps. And so 21-19, that was a really good win 
for the cadets, and so I'm not sure there's a whole lot of separation there among that top tier. And, and I'm starting to think we might be too low on Verina, having them down at number five. Mm. And their only loss is to Freedom. It was a one-score loss, right? Yeah. And that's the top-ranked team in the state um, per any rankings that I've seen, the defending Class 6 champions. And Verina really pushed them on their field. Um, and they've been impressive lately. Glenn Allen gave them a, a test last week. But mm-hmm. Sherwood, Washington, did you see that kid's stat line? Defensive end for Verina had yeah. six sacks in that game. That was wild to see. So in that top tier, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of separation there. But he's three losses. Don't let that fool you. They're still a great team and, and a contender for a Class 4 championship. Harry Dalton's one of the best players in the area and certainly in the conversation to repeat as All-Metro Player of the Year along with uh, Springer's quarterback Christian Martin. Mm-hmm. So those three losses are to some really great teams. The, the three-point loss to Dale and then two losses some great competition in, in Maury, my alma mater, which I think has climbed up to number two in the state after freedom. And so don't let those three losses fool you. Dinwiddie's still really, really good and is going to be competing for a state title. I think there's some separation there after that, right? Uh, Hermitage is really good. I've loved Andre Clark Jr. Yep. If you haven't seen that kid yet, go see a Hermitage game. He's a sophomore, defensive back and receiver for them, one of the best young talents in the area. But I think that top six has, has perhaps created some separation from the rest of the pack right now. Hey, Zach, I've heard a lot of people, I was on social media this week, and a lot of people are saying, what about TJ? Why is not why mm-hmm. is TJ not ranked in the uh, top 10 or top 12, depending on what poll uh, you look at? I've seen them once in person. I thought they were really good when they beat Meadowbrook that Friday afternoon at TJ. What are your thoughts about them, and do you have them ranked in your top 10? I was going to say, man, don't ask me why they're not ranked, because I had them at number 10. Okay. I, I think I was the only one that, that put them in the rankings this week. And I just saw them at Godwin, and so that's part of it. Man, what a wild fourth-quarter comeback. First win over Godwin for TJ since 1991. Um, the Eagles have been great under first-year coach Earl Kenny, who's a longtime local assistant. They're a great story. They controlled that game for a few quarters. And then TJ just came alive in the fourth, man. They've got some athletes on the back end. They're defensive backs. They have four interceptions in that game. Mm-hmm. And I think all four of them were on, you know, deep fades where the TJ DBs just won some really impressive jump balls. Um, Elijah Rice, Carmel McLeod, Torrell Clark are a few of those names. Um, they're so athletic on the back end that I-, I wouldn't want to push the ball down the field against them. And Godwin's got some good receivers and a good quarterback in Daniel Viner. Um, and TJ Torrell Clark, uh, the kid that I mentioned, had a fumble return for a touchdown in that fourth quarter rally. They reeled off 21 points in the first three minutes of that fourth quarter to really flip the script incredibly quick. Um, Eric Harris is doing some great things over there, and, and I've got them at number 10, one of the area's three remaining unbeaten, yeah. I believe, along with Benedictine and Dale. Yeah, and we and, and me and Bob were talking about that with Richmond as far as you know going so far into a season, not facing a ranked team, to have that few undefeateds left in our metro region that's saying a lot for the parity i guess across uh this richmond region only to have three undefeateds it is but i think it also says a lot about the top team's efforts to to really maximize their schedules and, I and agree with that. play yep. against yeah some some really tough teams out mm-hmm. of the area because highland springs only losses to maury right yep. Yep. we mentioned dinwiddie and those couple losses benedictine went down and part of the reason they're so high up right now is because they played western branch early in the year and beat them by a few scores. That's the reigning Region 6A champions from last year, and that's probably the toughest region in the state right mm-hmm. now, yep. I think many people would say. And so I think part of that is those top-tier teams scheduling some really tough out-of-state or non-local competition, uh, and that's why the likes of Highland Springs aren't undefeated right now because they've really put themselves out there. 
to make their schedule as difficult as they can. And I think that's going to pay off come playoff time. No question. Let me turn my microphone back on. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was on me, not on AJ, not on Troy. That that was on me, uh, and I was going to once again promote. You can catch all of the information about these games Richmond.com, in the Times Dispatch. Zach and his pickers have their games for this week as well. Where are you going to be uh, Friday night, Zach? I was actually hoping you guys weren't going to ask me that. Oh, he's got a weekend got off. It's okay. It's okay. I got the black and gold game on Saturday, and I'm doing the high school roundup on Friday night, so I'm going to be in my email getting stats and talking to coaches from from all the different games but i had to get some folk fest time in man so i so i've got we've got three reporters going out to games on fridays we're certainly going to be out there but i'm going to stay at home and do the roundup after i get back from folk fest okay so where the where are the other reporters going to be weldon is going to be at powhatan midlow which i was hoping we'd talk about a little bit i'm really excited about that game man Matt Henderson, mm-hmm. Powhatan receiver, he's a, he's a junior. He's our 804 varsity player of the week. Had the game-winning two-point conversion in Powhatan's win over Cosby last week. That was 33-22. Indians scored 30 points in the fourth quarter to, to reel oh, off that win. Um, that was a wild one. He's putting up crazy numbers. He's going to break records, uh, it looks like, by the end of the season for Powhatan. 50 catches for 768 and nine touchdowns mm-hmm. right now. They are, they are airing it out. They yep. are fun to watch. Uh, sophomore Ben Whitford is another receiver who's been really talented, quarterbacks Matthew Lehman. Um, and they're playing mid-low, which it, it really looks – they look the same as last year, mm-hmm. right, despite the coaching turnover. Phil Gross has really carried on the discipline, uh, the traditions uh, set in by former coach Matt Hutchings. They're not going to beat themselves. Really disciplined team. I enjoyed watching them earlier in the year. They gave Manchester a scare mm-hmm. at Post Stadium, and so that one is at Powhatan. I think that's going to be really fun. Um, and then Glen Allen Hermitage. Um, the Battle of Staples Mill Road. Staples Mill Road, I know, is one of the uh, the more hotly contested rivalries of the area. Yep. Um, Savannah's going to go over there. Um, I have my eyes on uh, on Bird Huguenot as well. Right, really mm-hmm. good Bird team, patented ground game. Rashad Lewis is one of the best backs in the area, putting up great numbers. Um, and man, that Huguenot team—they lost to Manchester last week, but they've been one of the exciting stories of the year under first-year coach Charles Scott. If you haven't seen Michael Dabney Jr. Yet they're running back. He is really fun to watch. Broke the school record for rushing yards in a game earlier this season. And so that one's going to be really fun as well. And the Matoica Hopewell um, is going to go a long way toward deciding the hierarchy in the Central District. Hopewell is at number 10 for us right now. The winner of that game, I assume, if Matoica wins, I think they're probably going to be ranked this next week. They got a few votes this past week, and they got a high-flying passing attack. Bradley Justice is the quarterback. Bryce Yates and Dylan Newton Short are the receivers who had some huge games for them this year. So we got a pretty exciting slate this Friday. So somebody will be at that Matoka Hopewell game. Okay, I'll have to say hello to who's going to be down on the sidelines Friday. Melanie is going out there for us. We thought about Hanover and Verina as well. That one's going to be really fun. Again, I think we might be too low on this Verina team at number five. They're really climbing up the rankings right now. Um, so an, an exciting group of games. It was tough to pick this week, right? Yeah. There wasn't one that stood out above the rest. I think we, we previewed five games in the picks, and I thought they were all pretty even in terms of excitement levels. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, you can check all that out online, as we said, at richmond.com, or pick up the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and Zach's going to have his finger on the pulse of all the games. Not that you don't normally, but you certainly will in real time on Friday night as, as you get all the results and scores and info in there. All right, before we let you go, I'm going to bite real quick here. What are you expecting to see from the black and gold game for VCU? The first name that comes to mind is Toby Lawall, right? I don't know. I imagine you all have seen the 49-and-a-half-inch vertical that BCU posted about a few weeks ago at practice. I mean, we we all know, we all saw that kid's raw athleticism last year, but all of the rumors 
in the offseason have been about him developing a more all-around game, stepping out to the perimeter more, working on the jump shot, facing up and driving. I think he's going to play a role as a more versatile forward and not just a, a true five and a rim runner like you kind of saw him last year. He led the team in scoring in their first two uh, scrimmages when they went to Greece over the summer. And so really excited to see his development. And then just the identity of Ryan Odom's offense. Right, We've heard so much about all the metrics that his Utah State teams put up. They want to get shots up early in the shot clock, floor spacing, run the floor. I'm super excited to see what that identity looks like. And then Sean Barristow and, and Max Scholger, right, who I know got some all-conference votes in the, in the preseason poll. Two guys who really stood out for Utah State last year, have a ton of experience playing in Ryan Odom's system. Uh, VCU is not releasing the teams ahead of time. It's a little bit of a different format this year. Last year they had Ace Baldwin and Jaden Nunn as captains, and they picked the teams on the Wednesday prior to the game, and so we knew what they were going to be. But VCU is not going to release the, uh, the teams for the black and gold game until Saturday. I think the coaching staff wanted some leeway to be able to tweak the personnel a little bit and change it up. And so I'm excited to see what the personnel decisions are. I assume that Max and Sean will play together, but I don't know that. Um, and then Zeb and Zeb Jackson and Max Scholgover are both captains for the team matching up. I talked to Max over the summer, and he said that Zeb is one of the best defenders that he's ever faced. Incredibly, incredibly quick. Uh, I'm assuming that they're probably going to be on different teams, and I'm really excited to see that matchup as well. A little more than three weeks away, right, from opening yeah, night. November 6th. Yeah, pretty exciting. All right, good stuff, Zach. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your, your R&R and also all the <laughs> high school football and the college basketball. Hey, thank you all so much for the time. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you deserve Thanks, it, Zach. Zach. You deserve it. We all deserve to take a breath. All right, 446 on the Sports Huddle. Is that 14 minutes before 5? Yeah. Okay. I Quar- can't do it. Quar- as, as quarter as till the hour. There you go. Quarter, quarter, that, quarter till the hour. That, that's smooth, man. And for a check on, check on the highways and byways. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, back to the baseball talk after the break. What <laughs> six one ESPN. This weekend, the Spiders travel to take on the Rams. No, not those Rams. The Rhode Island Rams. Our coverage begins Saturday afternoon at 1230. Here on your exclusive home for the Richmond Spiders. 1061 ESPN. This is Jonathan. So, Sean, I got a couple of texts on my direct text line Uh-oh. about this whole Harper Arcia thing Uh-oh. on the direct. Well, I got several on the direct text line Uh-oh. from my two Braves loving oh. children. And they were very good about game two mm-hmm. without rubbing it in too much. Mm-hmm. So I was as good as I could be in game three about not rubbing it in too much. As good as he can be, folks. You heard that. Good as he can be. They were great actually. Uh, I guess my daughter Sarah was still finishing up work when the game started, so she said, she texted me, she goes, I'm checking my phone, and it's one nothing Atlanta, and I thought, oh, that's excellent, and then 10 minutes later, I checked my phone, and it was 6-1 Phillies, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, that's not so excellent. <laughs> not so <laughs> And then after Turner hit the fifth home run for yeah. the Phillies, she texts and goes, what is this, batting practice? Yeah, it just it turned on a, on a dime. It did. So here are the two from Will. Okay. Um, so first of all, on the Harper home run last night. Which he, one? The, well, the first one. Okay. The, the, the three-run homer that really blew the roof mm-hmm. off. His text immediately was, the most predictable home run in the history of baseball. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> because that's followed up by today's text, because he was or is listening, mm-hmm. and said, 
maybe, spelling maybe with five E's, Mm -hmm. maybe don't let the guy hitting 500 against you in the postseason continue to beat you. That's pretty succinct. Walk them. They did it in the, uh, what was it, the 2001 World Series with Bonds? Yeah. Don't let the guy who has killed you in the past beat you again. Yeah. I got to believe their strategy tonight will be different. I'm surprised it took till game four to, to, to even think about that. Yeah. That's why that's why I said when we were coming out, I was like, season changing could be you know for next year as well. If the Braves fall again, second straight year in the same round to the same team, to me there's going to be some changes. I don't know how significant. There might be one significant move, but what you have done the last two years ain't working. For whatever reason, in the postseason, in the postseason, mm-hmm. some's got to be changed. You're talk, you know, you went, you were the best record of all of baseball, number one seed. You shouldn't be going out like that, mm-hmm. especially right. against the guy who everybody knows is the best threat in the lineup against Bryce pitching, and you still pitch towards Bryce Harper. Don't get it. Can I take it one step further on the things that were the same? It was the same third inning. Six-run inning mm-hmm. for the Phillies in Game Three last year. That was the Reese Hoskins bat mm-hmm. spike. Mm-hmm. This year, same inning, third inning, six runs, mm-hmm. same ballpark, mm-hmm. different player. It's the Bryce Harper stare mm-hmm. that will live forever, iconically mm-hmm. in Philadelphia sports and history. It's played out almost exactly. Reese Hoskins bat spike last year. Bryce Harper stare down this year mm-hmm. on three-run homers. Phillies win Game One. Braves. What you said was the most important game. I said most important. Braves win game two. They get blitzed in, I mean, not blitzed in game three. Well, yeah, blitzed in game three. And now your season is on the line this year and probably next year because I think there are going to be some changes. Wow. I really do. All right, I'll get into the two things that I teased about a half hour ago because you said it was such Mention a good tease. Mention it again. Tease. What's the tease again? I forget what I said. Oh. Oh, the two things that I think might surprise you will be – Kind of my takes being a Phillies fan and not a Braves fan, but I will not really defend them. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not defending them, but I will give you a little bit of a different perspective on two of the other hot takes that are out there involving Braves fans on one and fans of all the teams that got knocked out of the playoffs that were favored. Mm. When we come back after the ESPN Sports Center update, Sean Robertson from CBS 6, Bob Black, AJ producing, back after the break. Hey there, Richmond. It's Breeze Airways.